Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. The scripture in Luke is from chapter 9. As they were going along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. And he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But he said, Leave the dead, bury the dead. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. May God bless the reading of his word. The scripture Barbara said, says that we are to make disciples. In the name of God the Father, I'm going to use this green scarf for God the Father, creator of all things. The Bible says that God said, and something happened. God said, and it was accomplished. We have read, the Bible says we are make disciples in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son. And so we will use red, red for the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that he shed on the cross for our sins. And then it says we are to make disciples in the name of the Holy Spirit. We'll use yellow for the Holy Spirit. And the Bibles are... The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, the one who is with us. In fact, we cannot even talk about God without the power of the Holy Spirit. Someone said to me, Pastor, I know, understand how green is for creation and how red is for the blood of Christ, but what about yellow for the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, that's the colored cloth that came with the trick. But remember... We are not talking about three separate gods, but one God ah, that we understand in three different ways. Amen? The scripture Barbara read also says that we are to go into the world, not just here in McChesney Park, not in Ottawa where we're from, not even just in the state of Illinois, but that we are to go into the world to make disciples in the name of Jesus Christ. My question for you tonight is simple. Are you ready to go into the world to make disciples for Jesus Christ? Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We're so glad to be here. 
I must admit, um, it's been a long weekend already. I'm just John. I used to be Pastor John. Then I retired. And I didn't want the people of the church, because we went back after a year and a half to the same church we served for 16 years, I didn't want them to call me Pastor John. And so I said, just call me John. Well, one Sunday morning, one of the little boys in the church came up to say something to me, and he was all excited, and he said, just John. And the whole congregation laughed, and it's been just John ever since. This wonderful lady is my wife of 48 years. She makes, and the mother of our son, uh, she makes every day in my life magic. Please greet Barbara. We do not do magic as the Bible speaks against. We do not read cards and tell fortunes. We do not cast spells and we do not communicate with dead spirits. We do what one of my instructors calls illusions, surprises for the eyes. They are tricks. Everything we do, you could learn, an eight-year-old, you know, could learn with 30 years of practice. And, uh, but remember, they're tricks. But we'd like to illustrate that with this figure. It's red on one side, six-sided, and it's yellow on the other. Now, I want to ask you a question. Because the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the promise or belief in things unseen. So I'd like to ask you a question. Do you have enough faith in me to believe me when I tell you there's not just a red side and a yellow side, but there's a third side and it's blue? How many have enough faith in me to believe that? Oh, thank you, three or four. How many do not? And how many wouldn't raise your hand if your life depended on it? All right, that's United Methodist. Well, let's see. Red on this side, yellow on this side, and Barbara? It's blue on the other side. Hey, how about that? Jennifer's the only one that believes me. You're acting like you don't believe me. Well, it is. But remember, it's not important to have faith in me but it's important to have faith in God. God is the one who does miracles. We do tricks. Red on one side, yellow on the other. And if you saw blue, I think that's a pretty good trick. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Kids? Okay, we're going to play some funky music here. I was waiting for it. There it is. Not quite as funky as your worship group plays. And we'd like the kids to come up. You got to dance. No, I'm kidding you. You don't have to. I'm kidding. You don't have to. This is about as much as I dance, and I'm getting tired already doing this. Hey, how you doing? Doing okay? How many we got? Wow. At our church, we always count. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's pretty good. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how you kids doing? Still in school? Thirteen. There we go. That's a good number. Still in school? Yes. How many more days? 
11. <clears throat> is, is your name John? Because I always knew how many days were left before they let me out. So I figure, yeah. Well, listen, I want to talk to you for a minute. I have a jar here. What's in my jar? Well, there's an air bubble in there, yeah. But besides that, what do you think? Water? A water bubble, right. Probably water. I want you to do something. Adults can do this too. Blow on your hand. Now, what do you feel when you blow on your hand? Air. Air. Can you see the air? Anybody else raised in Chicago besides us? Sometimes you can see the air in Chicago, right? Right. Yes, it's called smog. Okay. You can't see the air, can you? But you need air, don't you? Yes. Okay. How about love? Can you see love? No. You can feel it, right? You know when somebody loves you, right? Yeah. So just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's not there. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's not just water in here. There's something else in there. You want to see what? Okay. Well, to see what's in there, we have to pour out the water. Ooh, ouch. My wife's beating me up. Whoops. Ooh, I didn't mean to do that. Whoa, look at that. What's in there? Ice. Ice. It looks like ice, doesn't it? Well, it's not ice, but it looks like ice. Well, how come we couldn't see it before? Yeah, the water made it invisible. But just because we couldn't see it, it didn't mean it wasn't there, did it? We can't see air. We can't see love. We can't see God. But God is always there. You know where God is? Right there. Right there. Right there. Right here. Up there. Down there. Everywhere. And all that I have to do to talk to God is say, God, I need to talk to you. I don't have to fold my hands. I don't have to close my eyes. All that I have to say is, God, I want to talk to you. And God is there. And no matter what anybody else says, well, I can't see God, I won't believe. Well, you can't see air. If you don't want to believe in air, goodbye. Can't see love. And you couldn't see the cubes, but they were there. God is with us every moment of every day, awake, asleep, and God loves us. There is nothing you can do that will make God stop loving you. Okay? Say amen. Because I like to say amen. Yeah, and that means that's right. And that's what we're saying. That's right. Should we make them disappear again? Okay, let's see if we can do that. Whoa, what do you think? Whoa, there they are. Can't see them. Can't see them. But are they still there? Yeah. Is God everywhere? Yeah, even though we can't see God, right? But you know what? God wanted us to know what God was like. And so God became one of us in Jesus. And we can sort of know what Jesus was like, right? Yeah. Okay? Okay. 
after we're done tonight, after the service, or if you're going home, come and see Barbara. She has a, a gift for you, okay? A special gift just to share with you tonight, okay? Okay, thank you, kids. <clears throat> Uh, okay, the Bible says, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So I would like six people, adults, who confess with their lips and believe in their hearts to come up and to join me and become part of my church, the Church of the Black Bag. Come on, quickly, six people. Oh, hurry up. Service will just keep going on if you don't. One, two, right over there. Three, four, five, six. Here we are. Okay. Hey, very good. Very good. Okay, we're going to... One, two, three, four, five. I need one more. One more. There he is. I thought there was six coming up. Okay, we're going to be the church of the black bag. Okay? Yeah, why not? Okay, well, to be a church, you have to be a member, right? Okay, and you get a membership certificate or something. So, here, we're going to join. What color do you want? Red, red, okay, red. What color do you want? Green. Green. Take green. What color? Uh, blue. Blue. Got blue? Okay, what color? White. All right, what color? Yellow. What color? You get orange. Okay, very good. Okay, remember... We're the church of the black bag. Now we're a church. We have membership. We signed a book, right? Amen. Amen. Is, is that what the church is all about? Not quite. Not quite. Getting close, though, right? Getting close? Yeah. Okay, so I know we need jobs. That's what the church is. It's people who join and have jobs. All right, what would you like to be? Uh, worship leader. Worship leader. Okay, throw it in there. What would you like to be? Um, part, of the, part of her team. Part of her team. What would you like to be? Uh, greeter. Greeter. Janitorial. You have a beautiful voice, by the way. What would you like to be? Janitor. We need that. Okay, two janitors. Woo! Mission chairperson. Okay, now we've got it, right? We've got jobs. That's what the church is all about. People who have jobs and who believe the same things, right? Right. No, not quite. Not quite. What was your color? Red. Reach in there and pick it out. Okay, pull out. Uh, well, wait a minute. No, that's good. Right? That's good. It's people linked together with jobs and membership. Right? Amen. Is that right? Not quite. Not quite. Okay, put that back in there. All right, let's see. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that the church is what? Who knows? Anybody? The body of Christ. Yeah, the church is the body of Christ. And what else does the Bible say? No one part is more important. I'm the pastor. Yeah, so what? You're not any more important than anybody else. Well, I'm the janitor. 
So what? You're not more important than anybody else, but you're not less important than anyone else. If you're the mouth, you need the head. If you're the head, you need the feet. It, what? You really do. If you're the feet, comedians, you need the hands. If you're the hands, you need the body. If you're the body, you need the brain, right? Yeah, yeah. We are connected in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that, whoa, over there, is really what the church is. People connected as the body of Christ, and every one of them, in Christ's name, important. No one less, no one more. Bound by that belief that if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Anybody else want to join my church at a black bag? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Take a bow. <laughs> oh. You know, Barbara read that scripture that talks about the fact that not everyone who said they wanted to follow Christ, did. We're going to use these balls in this tube to talk about this. And we're going to use the red ball to represent Christ. And where do we want that? We want that on top, right? We want Christ to be on top of every aspect of our lives. Well, you know, one man came and he said, Lord, I want to follow you. And Jesus said, you know, foxes have a hole in the ground. Birds have a nest. But the Son of Man, Son of Man doesn't even have a place to raise his head, to lay his head. Now that young man walked away, the Bible says. He said he wanted to put Jesus first, but he really didn't. Another young man came along. And he said, Lord, I want you to be first in my life. I want to put you on the top of everything. He said, but look at my father's dying. I'd like you to uh, let me go home and bury my father. And Jesus said to him something that sort of bothers us, doesn't it? He said, well, nobody, or he said, um, let the dead bury the dead. Now, he said he wanted Jesus on the top of his life. And that sounds sort of like a nasty thing for Jesus to say. But what Jesus was saying was this. Come and follow me, and if your father dies, you can go and take care of that. He said he wanted Jesus first in his life, but that's not where Jesus was. Another man came, and he said, Lord... I want you to be first in my life. I want you to be first in my life above all things. But you know, there's some things I need to take care of before I can come and follow you. But when I get those things taken care of, I want to follow you. I want you to be on top of my life. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, when I was little and younger, that scripture bothered me. But when we went out to the rural church and talking with the farmers, they said, you know, 
In Jesus' time, they used oxen to plow the field. And he said if the farmer was plowing and he stopped, looked around, the oxen would move sideways. And then when they started out again, they'd be on a new path. And the field would not be straight, but crooked. The young man said, I want you first in my life, Jesus. But you know what? <coughs> he didn't really mean it. He didn't really want to follow Jesus. Now for the true believer, the one who truly wants to put Christ first in their life, there are times when other things take priority. Sometimes family matters can take priority, and for a day or a week, you need to put family first, even before your worship time and your prayer time and your service. Sometimes family matters take priority. We're in a time when money is a worry for all of us. You know, 3% the markets went down yesterday. That's a lot. And if that's part of your retirement or part of your savings, that's a big issue. Sometimes we just lost a job, or maybe we've lost some of our salary. Sometimes money issues come before other things, even though we truly want to put Christ first in our lives. Sometimes as we go through life, it seems to us that no matter what we try to do and no matter how much we pray, it seems that Jesus, although he, we want him to be in our lives, it just seems that sometimes he's not even part of our life. And yet, in truth, when we give our lives over to Christ, he's always on top. He's right there. All that we have to do is reach out. And as the poem Footprint says, when it seems like he's not there, and there's only one set of footprints, it's because he's carrying us. Are you ready, truly, to put Christ first in your life. Not just when it's convenient, not just when nothing else is going on, but to make a real commitment every day to try to keep Christ first in your life. That's what it means to be a disciple. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Want me to get it? getting old and nervous. I want to talk about passages. I want to use this tube here to represent our lives. Every one of you have had people who have passed through your lives and been important. How about teachers? How many can think of a teacher that was important to them in their life? I'll bet all of us. When I think of a teacher, I think of a number two pencil. Now, you kids, that won't make any sense to you. But when we went to school, the teacher before a test would say, now, do you have two number two pencils sharpened? Right? How many remember that? Yeah, yeah you're older than 21. Teachers pass through your lives. I had a teacher, Mr. Carbonell. He passed through my life. I was left-handed. And in the days when I went to school, if you were left-handed, you were right next to evil. And the teachers tried to make you right-right-handed. And they tried to make you do things right-handed. 
And that bothered me and it hurt me. But Mr. Carbonell, he was on my side. And he encouraged me. And he strengthened my understanding of what I was as a person. Teachers pass through your life. Take a moment and just thank God for one of those teachers that was important to you. You know, friends pass through your life. I want to use that glass to talk about friends. I had a friend named Bob. Bob and I started doing magic together about Vernon here years ago. And uh, when we were about 10 or 11, we were together in high school. And then we sort of lost track of each other. Bob went to college. I went to the Navy. And for a while, we lost track of each other. Then a few years ago, we got in contact again. And we got to know one another again. Barbara and Bob's wife, Linda, get along really well. In fact, we're going to be with them next Sunday for dinner. Bob passed through my life as a friend. I thought he had, we had lost each other, but now we're back together. How about a friend? Can you think of a friend that was important to you in your life? Just say their name out loud right now. Bob. Say the name of a friend. Thank you. Family members pass through your life. We use this scarf to talk about family members. I had a sister named Pat. She was two years older than me. She was a graduate nurse. In fact, at one time, she had the highest scores on the Illinois nursing boards. She was a surgical nurse. She was a shift leader at Illinois Masonic Hospital. In 1960, when I was in the Navy, my sister Pat gave me a Bible. And it said in it, I hope you will use this to do the Lord's will. When Mark was ordained elder, I passed on that Bible to him. My sister Pat committed suicide. I don't know why. She passed through my life. I thank God for her. I'm sure you have a family member that was important to you and that you might just share a little prayer with God for that person. But you know, the scripture that Barbara read said there's one who will not pass through your life, and that is Jesus Christ. He will not pass through your life. He will never leave you. He will never leave you alone. Teachers may pass through your life. <clears throat> Family members may pass through your life. Friends may pass through your life. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will not pass through your life. He will never leave you because of his blood, his death, his resurrection. He will always be with you. That is his promise. And tonight I challenge you not just to be a part of a church, not just to make a claim, but to realize that Jesus the Christ died for your sin and mine. And because of that, you can stand before God and be accepted. But remember, the challenge is not just to have faith,
but to live it and to be disciples and to make disciples in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us join together in prayer. Eternal God, we ask your hand upon us this night. We ask that you would instill in each of us, from the youngest child to the oldest person here, not just a faith, not just a yes, but a true desire and commitment to be a disciple, to try in every way possible to put you first in our life, in our families, with our friends, at our work, in in our retirement, in our activities, realizing that there's time when other things will be more important to us for the moment. Help us to make that kind of commitment to you And not only to be disciples, but to work and reach out and help others to come to know you. And Lord, if there's someone here tonight who has never asked you into their lives, who have never made that confession with their lips that you are Lord, and have never truly believed in our heart that God raised you from the dead, then we pray that before that person, or maybe even more, leave this building tonight, they will make that commitment to you. And they will begin their road to being a true disciple. It is in the name of our Christ that we ask this. Amen. Thank you. I just want to set it all back here. Transition now to uh, the third part of our worship service and uh, thank uh, just John and Barbara for their uh, sharing the gospel through the illusion. Wonderful to be able to hear the gospel in a new way, uh, a new way tonight. Uh, as we do transition, if you are a guest tonight, uh, you, you are not a visitor. Visitors are people that show up une- unexpectedly and unwantedly. Uh, you know, they knock on your door at three o'clock in the morning and say, oh, hey, we're here to visit. <laughs> Guests are people who we want and who we expect and uh, who we love to have with us. And so we always consider those of you who uh, are maybe a little newer, maybe this is your first or second or, or even your fifth time, um, and maybe you're just not connected in the way that some other folks are, and we just consider you a wonderful guest in our house. And we just want to have an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. So if you have one of your New Life notes, and if you didn't grab one, you can grab one on the way out. Uh, there's a little card in there that you can tear off, and it's called a communication card. And if you'll fill that out, uh, give it to me, give it to uh, one of our staff members, or uh, if you have it, put it in the little offering baskets as they're going to go around here in a little bit. Uh, we're going to collect our offering after a short prayer as the uh, praise team gets ready. And we do that just to support the ministry of the church, but we also do that to honor God. Uh, we believe that giving is a way that we honor God and we respect God and glorify God, uh, and we just uh, say, God, thank you for all that we have. So let us just enter a time of prayer now as we pray for others, as we pray for ourselves, and as we thank God for all that we have. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for this uh, wonderful way to hear your gospel this day. Thank you. 
we've learned what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be a follower of your son, Jesus Christ. I ask that you just continue to speak to us now as we worship you. Help us honor and glorify you in all that we do so that we can become truly your body, your kingdom, your people. Lord, I want to ask that you just be with all of those who couldn't be here. We have friends and family members of our church who are on vacation, who are out, who are at other engagements, and uh, who are just feeling well today, or we're just gone, and we just ask that you be with them and help us reach out to them and help them experience your love and our love today, in this moment. We ask that you be with all of those who need your love, those who are alone, those who are weak, those who are desperate, those who are struggling, those who are lost. You have called us to be finders. Help us find them and share with them good news, the good news of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask you to be with the leaders of our world. Be with the ambassadors of NATO as they're here in our city, our great city of Chicago. We just ask that you uh, just bless that time, that you make that a time where we as nations come together striving for peace, striving for the end of conflict, striving for solutions all across this globe. We ask that you be with the leaders of our nation, the leaders of our community. Help them, guide them, that they may make the best decisions that lead to life, that lead to freedom, that lead to your kingdom. Lord, we ask that you be with those who just uh, truly touch us and lead us to you. Bless them in a special way. Be with those servants, those men and women overseas, those at home. Those who serve us, our police officers, our firefighters, our medical personnel, all of those who risk their lives for us, those who are working on the highway right now, those who are working on 173, putting their lives on the line so our roads are a little bit better. Be with those who are going to serve us dinner or cook a meal tonight when we go out in fellowship. Be with those servants right here at New Life. Help us become servants, all of us, that we may serve your people. Lord, I ask you to be with your holy church. Be with our parent congregation, Roscoe. Just make her strong. Help her follow your will into her glorious future. We know you have big plans for our mother congregation. We ask that you be with all of our partner congregations, First Church in Ottawa, Beth Eden, Harlem, Evans, Rockton. We ask that you be with our friends at Aldersgate and Grace. We ask that you be with our friends at Christ Church in all the churches of Rockford, in all the churches of our annual conference, those who are supporting us by being the church. We ask that you be with the church. Tonight we just say a special prayer for new life. Strengthen us. Help us become finders and help us be formed by you and help us forward out into the world to make a positive change. Help us experience new life so that we too may share new life in all that we do. Amen. Amen.